Welcome to Mouse Geek Radio, where your hosts from two coasts, Mallory and Scott, embrace their inner mouse geekdom with you. Welcome to episode two of Mouse Geek Radio for the week of June 19th, 2017. I'm your host, Scott Barrett, here with my co-host, Mallory O'Brien. Hey, Mallory, how's it going? I'm doing great. Living the dream here in East Tennessee. Loving life. Lots of thunderstorms here in the summer afternoons. (laughs) Do you get many of those in Northern California? Do those Uh, exist? uh, No, not really. Uh, We get a lot of storms, but not thunderstorms. Just a lot of rain. Really? Yeah. So... Thunderstorms is an East Coast thing. It must be. We get sometimes every once in a while we we'll get some thunder and lightning, and it makes us really excited at home. But uh, no, it's usually just pouring rain. That's so funny. So I bet when you visit Florida and you see the thunder and lightning, it's probably pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. We're excited. <laughs> I know. I don't blame you. I kind of like to watch them. I don't love all the damage that we've had this week and power outages. Sure. That is not an awesome part. But watching lightning is super soothing i feel like i love it it's 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 my happy place i keep telling my wife i'd love to move up to like seattle and washington area where it rains and it's gray all the time that's what i like i do too we're weird awesome oh we love overcast yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay so on this episode we're going to discuss fast pass strategies for both disneyland and walt disney world Uh, as some of you know and some of you may not know they are different in the planning. They're very different in the planning, as a matter of fact, and usage while you're in the parks. Uh, So we're going to talk about that a little bit and maybe help you and your family enjoy uh, some more attractions while you're there with little weight. Exactly. So to start off, I feel like we should explain what the major differences are in the FastPass system at Disneyland and FastPass Plus in Walt Disney World. So to explain Disneyland, I feel like you're the expert. So (laughs) give us an overview of how FastPass works at Disneyland Resort, Scott. Sure. Disneyland Resort FastPass. So unlike Disney World, they are paper. Uh, You do not make them online. And uh, you have to go to kiosks and use your park ticket to pull out the FastPasses. you are only allowed to hold one fast pass for any given time period. Um, once that time period expires, you can get another fast pass. Uh, even if you haven't used uh, the current fast pass, I, I think it's a three hour time period roughly that they spread these things out for. Um, so if you get a fast pass and it says come back at 6 p.m., say it's for racers, uh, and you got it at like 9 in the morning, you know, around noon, you could most likely get another fast pass. And a lot of people miss that. Um, and on the fast pass tickets, it'll actually tell you when you can get another fast pass. You don't have to wait until you use the existing one. Um, the the other thing with Disneyland that they implemented a year or two, ago, a couple years ago, I guess now, that they used to be very relaxed on is it is required that you come back within the hour period. Um, previously, again, a few years back, uh, you could come back anytime after the fast pass time started. So say your ticket says come back between five and six, you could show up at seven o'clock, use your fast pass ticket and off you go. 
These days, they do not allow that. They are very strict, and I, I have seen people uh, turned away from rides who may be 10 minutes late, five minutes late with their fast pass. Are you pass serious? Time. Yep, absolutely. Uh, wow. It's very, you know, Disneyland is, is, the crowds are enormous there, and it, there really is no off time period anymore. And so, you know, respecting the, as a, as a, as, as a consumer there, you know, I'm happy that they're doing that because as someone who is respecting the time, I don't want a lot of people in front of me, so to speak, or, you know, taking away from my experience, uh, you know, trying to game the system uh, by showing up five, 10 minutes late, whatever, and expecting to get in. So play by the rules. That's, that's the bottom line. Uh, lastly, at Disneyland, all of the fast passes between California Adventure and Disneyland are on the same system. So if you're holding a fast pass for racers in California Adventure, uh, you can't immediately go to Disneyland and get a fast pass over there. They're on the same system. So uh, when did that change? You know, I want to say maybe a year ago. Um, that bums me out, I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, it, it really does. Um, and I think they're doing that because there are. They're talking about coming features uh, of doing online um, and priority fast pass booking uh, called Max Pass, um, and we can get to that a little later. But uh, I did see the article on that. I yeah, to we'll talk about that a little later. And then lastly, uh, you know, there are two fast passes you can get that are that will not affect your ride fast passes, and those are for shows. So you can get a World of Color uh, fast pass uh, and or a, fa- uh, a Fantasmic fast pass, and so those you can get at any time, and you can hold on to those, and those will not affect your ride fast passes. That's really great info that the systems are connected now. I know a few years ago, Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin was separate. Is that? that- that's correct. Absolutely. Yeah. We used to game that all the time. We would, uh, in the morning, go get, you know, Space Mountain fast passes and maybe head over to Matterhorn and ride it real quick and then go over to Toontown and grab a fast pass for, for Roger Rabbit's spin. But that's all changed. And, uh, you know, they've combined it all. Because fast passes are becoming much more prevalent in Disneyland. Before, you know, it was a handful of rides. You had, you know, Space Mountain and Star Tours and Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters and Big Thunder Mountain. And sometimes Haunted Mansion that wasn't always open. Now they've got, you know, Haunted Mansion, Splash Mountain, the Matterhorn. They just they just added fast passes for. So they're expanding the system the system there to a lot of the well, pretty much all the popular rides there for sure. Um, to try to get people, you know, to, to give them the ability to get on these rides faster. What about the submarines? Have they added fast pass to that? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. <laughs> so it's still a, it's still um, a long line. <laughs> That is that's cool that they added it to Matterhorn and initially I think Haunted Mansion operated seasonally so I was mm-hmm. frustrated last time we were there cuz it was around Halloween the waits were really long to do the um, overlay and I was like you know where are the fast passes <laughs> um so I'm actually kind of glad they added that yeah, I, I've been there a few times uh, during Christmas, Halloween season, and off season, and I have seen it open when the, I've seen it open when the crowds get large. I have seen it closed, but not too much. It seems like it's been open more than it hasn't been at this at this point. That is a really good tip that they're all connected now. If Disney sees a loophole, they will close it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Again, I, I think it's I think I think they're doing it for uh, greater. Uh, future, um, you know, future implementation of, of possibly Max Pass or some other, you know, even Fast Pass Plus maybe, which you'll get into at Disney World uh, at Disneyland. And so, you know, it makes sense to have them all connected. It does. And that seems like it wouldn't require too much of an investment to have connected all of those, but I could be wrong. 
Walt Disney World Fast Pass Plus system is quite different from the Paper Fast Pass system. The Paper Fast Pass system is basically the legacy system at Walt Disney World. And a few years ago, my Disney experience emerged and the Fast Pass Plus system came on board, which is basically a ride reservation system where a guest is able to select up to three attractions in advance at a single park with no repeats for their trip. This is to encourage a guest to stay on property because the resort guests get a 60 day in advance reservation window. Offsite guests will get 30 days in advance. And by 60 days, I mean 60 days plus 10 which would be the length of your stay. So you can make reservations for your entire trip at the 60-day mark. It also encourages people to plan in advance, and it discourages day guests. So what Disney is doing is it's saying, okay, we want you to stay here. We want to know where you're going to be all day, <laughs> and we don't want you standing in line so you can spend more money with us. So all of these are revenue-generating points to fast pass plus and three of the main parks have a tiered fast pass plus system magic kingdom has a standard free-for-all i think there are about 25 attractions that offer fast pass plus in magic kingdom you can select any three but of course you're going to want to pick the ones with the longest wait <laughs> um epcot disney's animal kingdom and disney's hollywood studios all have a tiered system where you're able to select one Fast Pass Plus from Group A, meaning the most popular attractions, and then two from Group B. And we can get into those strategies later, but yeah, essentially it's like making a dining reservation before an attraction, and you get to pick three before you get on site. See, that that's, uh, as a Disneyland faithful, and you know, I've been to Disney World only a, a few handful of times over the last 10 years, it's really strange to me, and this is something I've come up against with my trip coming up, it's really strange having to plan so far ahead, figuring out what you want to do and where you're going to be on each day, whereas, you know, with Disneyland, you kind of show up and, I don't know, the way my family does it, we just kind of wing it. We just kind of say, exactly. hey, we, we feel like this, we feel like that, but with, you know, with Disney World, uh, you've got to plan ahead, figure out which days you're going to which park, uh, figure out which fast passes at what time periods you want. Um, it's 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 very different. It's it's pretty bizarre. I mean, when you think about the fact that you know Walt Disney World is a vacation destination where families might be planning a trip up to five years in advance for their once in a lifetime vacation. They want to make sure they see and do whatever you know, is in their heart. <laughs> yeah. And also it's one of the weirdest places because it's the only vacation destination where you need to know what you'd like to eat six months in advance. I mean, that seems insane <laughs> to me. It really does. Uh, and when, when I'm trying to explain this to clients, they're like, um, are you crazy? I'm like, just, you know, make a guess <laughs> of what you want to eat that day. Um, and you might change your mind, but if you don't pick something right now, you're not going to be able to sit down at a restaurant. <laughs> I mean, there are a few that you can, but, you know, just pick something. Yeah. Um, and, and it's crazy, but um, it because everything is so popular and because all of these families are planning this far in advance, it is a requirement not that you won't have fun without planning these things. You will. There will be availability. There will be things that you can walk up and do. There will be standby queues that are short. But it is 
definitely like the polar opposite of a Disneyland experience, which is like, it's like a local park. You show up, you're a day guest. That's probably, I'd say what, 80, 90% of the guests are day guests. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so that's who they're catering to are the day guests. Well, Disney World's catering to the once in a lifetimers or once every few years. And that's why their systems are just so different. And it's, it's crazy to me. It's a good point. I'd like to see what the average, you know, spending uh, cost for a family on each coast type of trip would be. You know, how much does a typical family spend at a week at Disney World as opposed to, you know, a week in Disneyland? It's got to be, you know, a lot more, obviously. Um, well, and most people don't spend a week at Disneyland. Most people are spending true. three to four days at Disneyland and five to seven days at Walt Disney World. And that kind of trip, you're looking at average of about five grand that they're spending at Walt Disney World yep. and probably around three at Disneyland if you're talking a full family trip. There's a lot of people visiting other Southern California attractions while they're there. They're hitting Knott's Berry Farm and uh, heading down the coast, like, you know, basically we're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's different types of vacationers on the two coasts. And I know that the Walt Disney Company wants Disneyland to be more of a vacation destination. They want to encourage people to live at Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, sure. Absolutely. At Disney World, do they have paper at all anymore? Is it 100% electronic? It is 100% electronic unless you have some sort of issue where you get stuck on a ride, you get kicked off or <laughs> something like that. Cast members do have access to courtesy fast passes gotcha. that are on uh, on paper. Like, uh, for example, my daughter, who is two, we knew her measurements and thought she was tall enough to ride one of the coasters. We took her to the coaster and the measurement said that she was not tall enough. So she waited in line. They felt sorry for us and they gave us a bunch of paper, paper fast passes that could be used anywhere in Magic Kingdom. So that was nice. So if you know your child is just slightly under, I guess that's one way to game the system <laughs> to go get some free fast passes. But that's totally not worth it <laughs> to wait in a line um, for that. Sure. But, uh, so tell me some of the things that you really like about paper fast passes, the way that Disneyland does it. Well, for one, I can plan the day of. I don't have to plan 60 days in advance and worry about not being able to get a fast pass for a ride. Um, there's a bit of the excitement of, you know, going to a ride and finding out what the return time is. I don't know. It's kind of kind of cool, um, especially like, you know, I can remember as a kid, Space Mountain. I was I was the runner. So a very popular thing that families do in Disneyland um, is you designate a runner, someone you give all your tickets to. Oh, yeah. Right? All your park <laughs> tickets to. Usually one of the kids. And they off, they you know, you, the family gets in a line and the, the runner goes off and goes and gets uh, fast passes for the family and then runs back. Um, I usually was that kid. So I can remember as a kid growing up, running up the Space Mountain ramp and, uh, you know, uh, getting fast passes. I, I guess I wasn't much of a kid. I was closer to a teenager when they implemented that. But anyway... I can remember doing that and it was fun. Um, and I, you know, I still kind of do it now for my family, uh, with, with my kids. It's, it's a blast. So that there's some, there's some stuff there, right? There's some coolness there. Um, plus I just like having them in my pocket. You know, if I don't use them, I get back to the hotel. It's kind of fun going through, Oh, well, this is what we missed. And I, I don't know. There's just some nostalgia there. There's some, something to hold on to. I kind of like, uh, I know people that collect these tickets, you know, they've got them for every ride that was ever create all the tickets you know all the design tickets and specialty tickets and whatever else the you know Disneyland 
put out for fast passes, um, you know, people collect. And so that that's kind of cool. You know, I think that's missed uh, with the electronic stuff uh, a lot. I really, I really like all those points. We have a lot of paper fast passes from both Walt Disney World and Disneyland. And we use them for bookmarks a lot. Oh, see, that's brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, and FYI, don't try to laminate them because it will burn all of the logo off of them. So <laughs> really? I was like, oh, I'm going to be cool and I'm going to stack like three up high and then I'll laminate it and make a nice long FastPass Plus, or not Plus, just FastPass bookmark. Nope. Yeah, totally ruined it. So don't do that. Well, that's, um. that's good to know because that was my first instinctual thought when you said you used them as bookmarks was to stack them and laminate them. <laughs> I know. I need to get that, uh, that adhesive paper. Yes. What is that called? Like contact paper? Uh-huh. Um, I need some of that. Maybe that'll make me a nice bookmark. There you go. Uh, but, yeah, I really like to collect them. And my husband, he was always the runner at Disney World and at Disneyland. And I agree. It's super exciting when you go and see that the return time is still early. And you're like, oh, boom, I'm going to get a lot today. <laughs> Absolutely. Or, you know, you're at DCA and you're waiting in line for the racers fast passes for a half hour. And by the time you get there, the return time is 6 p.m. And you you were there at rope drop. <laughs> and you're, oh, my goodness. You feel like you've won at that moment. You do. You do. You figure if you can get a, a racers fast pass at any point, that's, that's a success. Because those things, <sighs> they're gone within a few hours. I know. And sometimes they're kind of worthless. Um, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. the ride breaks down kind of often. A lot, and we'll have a we'll have another show about that because that's that's a big topic. And oh, I was going to ask you another thing: single rider at Disneyland. This is totally a sidetrack. Yeah. Do they still do where in a lot of the attractions where they just hand you a little pass that says you're a single rider? It's like a little piece of paper. Yeah, that's a good good question, and I think it goes along with fast passes in a way. So the way they do it at Disneyland now is they just they the rides that support single rider they have a separate line you get into. And okay. As uh, so, there's no more tickets. Um, it's basically as you. Uh, you know, you get in line and as they need you, they start pulling from that line to fill out cars uh, when there's odd numbers. However, um, you can do family passes. So if you got a family and say your kid can't ride, so your wife has to stay or your husband has to stay back with the kid, you can go ride and they'll give you a ticket to come back so your partner can come can go through and ride, which is kind of nice. Um, the rider or, swap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so rider swap. I guess that's what it's called. Good point. Yes. Uh, so yes, yeah, so you oh. can do those. But yeah, the single rider is great if you don't mind not riding with family or friends. Uh, you know, I, I've gone to Disneyland with friends and gotten on racers three or four times within an hour just doing single rider. It's it's spectacular if you can do it. I love any attraction that has a single rider option, and that was probably the first queue I had visited at Disneyland or DCA that actually had a separate single rider queue. I. I enjoy Matterhorn. I know it's it's jerky, but I don't know. I kind of like it. It's cheese ball and nostalgic. And uh, my husband was like, you know, you go ahead and go on that. It kind of hurts me too much. <laughs> I'm going to pass this time. <laughs> so uh, so I went and I asked, I had to ask a cast member, do you have a single rider queue? And he said, uh, no, but here's this piece of paper and go stand over here. And I was like, what is this? Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, that's changed now at Matterhorn. They do have a queue. Uh, it's right. Oh, in the, that's cool. It's right in the front where you go under the little awning buildings, and you walk up there, and the they. Village. Yep, and they'll they'll slowly let people in uh, as single riders. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I did like that little piece of paper, though. I wanted to keep it, but they wouldn't let me. <laughs> they probably would have if I asked, but I didn't want to be a weirdo. 
Oh. <laughs> um, what do you dislike about the paper fast passes, if anything? Um, well, let's see. The way they fit in my wallet. <laughs> they can okay. be, they can be annoying. They come get in and out. Um, you know, again, well, I mean, going back to why I like them, it's, it's a bittersweet thing. I, I don't like sometimes having to go all the way up the ramp in Space Mountain to go get a fast pass because uh, it could waste five, ten minutes of my day and it's a walk. And, um, you know, so there is the fact of physically having to go get a fast pass as opposed to just, you know, being in line, whipping out my phone and saying, yeah, okay, let's, let's see if there's any fast passes available and, and reserve one. I know. I always said I wish there was like a centralized fast pass location where a whole bank of, of them were. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely, I do. It's a good idea. I'm not quite sure where they'd put it, but it's a good idea. It would be hideous. So that's probably why. They'd need and all- <laughs> also, that gets people moving around the park. They want to d- distribute guests evenly, yeah, I'm sure. Absolutely. It's exactly what it does. So, what about Disney World? Tell me why you like Fast Pass Plus. So I missed the paper fast pass system, I got to say. There were definite pros to that. One of the things that I really enjoy about Fast Pass Plus is knowing that regardless of when I show up to the parks, I have three attractions that I'm going to get to experience because I've already reserved them. And that's especially advantageous with kiddos. They tend to have very... Uh, small attention spans (laughs) and knowing that we will be boarding three major attractions that my daughter's interested in with little to no weight is really nice. (laughs) And um, regardless of what the crowds are like that day. And that's one of the big things that I really like about it. Also, like you were saying, the things that you don't love about having to, run around the park to grab other fast passes whenever you've used yours. I like being able to make the next fast pass plus from the app. You can also make them in kiosks in the park with a cast member, but it is very nice to just pull up the app, see what availability there is and go ahead and reserve your next fast pass plus, which by the way, I don't know if I explained that once you use your first three while you're in the park, you can make a fourth one at any park with any availability and it rolls over after you use that after you use your your fourth then you can look and grab another one at any park and uh and it rolls all day long so basically taking advantage of that rolling fourth fast pass plus has been really helpful with our daughter especially <laughs> sure that's great it's great um, advice i i wasn't aware of that until you and i had talked about it i figured i got my three and that's it uh you can you can keep it coming no that's good to know and as for what i don't love about fast pass plus it's nearly impossible to snag any of the headliner attractions if you're going on a day trip to walt disney world and even as an annual pass holder with a 30-day window, there are some attractions that I'm not going to be able to get. I'm not going to be able to grab a Flight of Passage or the Navi River Journey or Frozen Ever After, probably not Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. I will just have to run to those as soon as the park opens because those will be gone at the 60-day mark for resort guests. So that's a little bit frustrating. You did, When you have paper fast passes, it's like everything's equal. Everyone has a fighting chance <laughs> to go and grab a fast pass. I mean, you show up, you work hard, you'll get one. But um, as for 
as for FastPass Plus, it is sort of like a social class thing <laughs> with uh, resort guests uh, getting first dibs, which I, I understand. I mean, if you're paying that amount of money, you're staying on property, you should get some perks. And that is a nice perk. Sure. Absolutely it is. So give me an example of how you use your fast passes in a day. Like, what does a day in Scott Barrett's life look like? Uh, that's a great question. So let's say we're going to Disneyland as opposed to DC. Well, let's go to DCA. We go to DCA. Uh, obviously, the first thing we do is we get in line for racers. Uh, we'll get fast passes for racers. Uh, once we get our fast passes for racers, we typically go ride it uh, because the standby line hasn't gotten super huge yet. Um, and we wait for that those fast passes to expire. Um, once that fast pass is expired, um, we typically go get a fast pass for, uh, for Tower of Terror which is now the Guardians of the Galaxy ride, which I can't wait to ride. Um, oh, gosh. I'm nervous. <laughs> um, but, you know, typically there hasn't been a whole lot else uh, FastPass-wise in DCA. I think they just added it for Toy Story, so that's something we haven't been able to experience yet. Um, but then you talk Disneyland. For us, really, it's, it's uh, you know, Space Mountain is typically always the first one we get. Um we have not been there since they've added the Matterhorn uh, Fast Pass. So it's typically Space Mountain and Big Thunder Mountain uh, are the two that are the most likely ones that we will hold. And occasionally Buzz Lightyear um, if we are in Tomorrowland or near Tomorrowland and uh, we're looking for something to do. But there's really no plan uh, aside from usually Space Mountain is the first one we always get. Do you tend to grab a World of Color or Phantasmic Fast Pass when you're there? We do, and we usually plan ahead of time which night we want to watch that um, because we. I, I typically, I say I don't plan my Disneyland trips, and I wing it, and that's true. Although we do plan which days we'll be in which parks, uh, and that's the extent of it. So the days we know we're going to be in DCA and we want to watch World of Color, uh, we will definitely get a World of Color Fast Pass uh, after we get our Racers Fast Pass. Um, and Fantasmic, now, we've, we've only done once, and so we got that, I don't know, it was like midday we ended up getting that Fast Pass. We weren't too stressed out about getting it early. Now, where do they distribute those? I want to know if it has changed where they distribute World of Color. When and I, then Fast Fantasmic is new to me. Okay. When I did World of Color, it was over by the entrance to Grizzly River Run. Okay, that's what it was the last time uh -huh. I was there. I was just curious if that had changed. And where do they distribute Phantasmic? Uh, Phantasmic, when we got Phantasmic, which was a couple of years ago, it was over behind Big Thunder Mountain where they used to have the smoking section. I'm, guess okay. I'm guessing it's probably not back there anymore due to all the construction, but it, it, it could be. And they may have moved them closer to the Rivers of America. I'm not sure. Okay. Oh, do you ever get fast passes for Indy? Do you care about that or no? Um, occasionally, yeah. So if the kids are in the mood to ride it, sometimes they're not. It makes them a little bit motion sickness. But if they're in the mood to ride it and we're in the area, again, if we've got an availability to get a fast pass uh, and the line is over 30 to 40 minutes, which sometimes it can be very long, yeah, we'll grab one. Absolutely. But it's not a priority for us, at least with the kids. I just love how chill Disneyland is. Just listening to you describe a day there, it just made me relax. Like <laughs> it, it is, it, it is chill for us. Like you know, but if I go with my brother, or you know, I, I listen to him talk about him going with his family, he's super hardcore. Like he's got a detailed, printed out plan of 
of where he's going to go, what fast passes he's going to get. And oh gosh, this he, is where I'm going to go to the bathroom. Exactly. He keeps track of one, when, when they expire so he can send his kids off to go get another one. And it's very different than how I tour the parks. Uh, it's, I'm chill, relaxed. We kind of wing it. Oh, we're kind of hungry. Let's go see what's, you know, the shortest line, whatever. Because um, you can do that at Disneyland. That's what's awesome yes. is you can't really do a lot of that at Walt Disney World. I'm not saying not at all. But there are, especially with eateries, it's not like you look at a restaurant at Walt Disney World and say, oh, that sounds good. Let's go try it. You walk up there and they, to La Cellier and they go, ha sure. Yeah, we've got a table. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, but at Disneyland, you walk up and they say, oh, yeah, we have like a 10 minute wait. Hold on. <laughs> and you're like, yes, this is, you know, real life. This is how it should work. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah. <laughs> I love how you can be a day guest at Disneyland and you get to experience everything that you wanted to on the map without having to worry about planning really far in advance. That's really a nice perk to that resort in general. Correct. So here's a day in Walt Disney World using FastPass Plus with my family. Yeah, tell me about a day in Disney World. (laughs) You ready for this? So uh, I forgot to say another thing that I really like about FastPass Plus and I guess FastPass in general is that it does help distribute the guests throughout the park. Um, And what I don't like about that same point is the second tier attractions now have longer wait times than they did previously because there's a lot of throwaway (laughs) attractions that never had waits that they have included in the FastPass Plus system now just so that people can physically hold three FastPass Pluses prior to their arrival. Things like uh, the Great Movie Ride, which previously had a 10 to 15 minute wait, now could have a 30 to 40 minute wait, which nobody wants to wait that long for that. Sure. <laughs> or same with Living with the Land and even Spaceship Earth, where it was usually a walk-on because it is a an Omnimover. But now without a FastPass Plus, sometimes you will have to have a longer wait so that's one of the second tier attractions that you actually do want to make a fast pass plus for strategies have totally changed based on this new system but for my family our strategy tends to be making fast pass pluses for early in the morning there's three schools of thought you can do early in the morning midday or late at night and by doing late at night what you do is you would select the park that you plan to hop to that evening Uh so maybe you hit magic kingdom in the morning at rope drop you hit all the super headliner attractions that have little to no weight you go back and chill at your hotel and then you hop to a park like disney's hollywood studios that tends to have really long lines in the evenings but you have three fast pass pluses in your pocket so you don't have to wait in those long lines so that's one way people use it um The second school of thought would be midday. So you take advantage of the rope drop, little to no weights. You use the fast pass pluses when the weights are long and the crowds are hot. And then you have an opportunity to use your rolling force to snag maybe one to two more attractions in the evening. And then my school of thought is the earlier the better. Because I know it it might seem wasteful to grab fast pass pluses in the morning when the weights are already low. 
But I like to breeze through those first three fast pass pluses as fast as possible because my goal is to get as many as I can in a day. Sure. <laughs> um, my daughter, with her being two, she doesn't require a ticket at this point. So what I will do with my husband and I, instead of uh, reserving three fast pass pluses, we'll reserve six. So I'll pick three, he'll pick three, and I take my daughter on three attractions. He takes my daughter on another three attractions. And then as we breeze through them, we just keep adding more and more. <laughs> so within a three to four hour span of time, we could have hit 10 attractions without ever waiting in line just based on adding them to the system. And one thing people might not know is that when you go to scan your magic band at the entrance of the FastPass Plus line, that is telling the system that you're on the attraction, even if you're not, even if you're just standing in the queue. So as soon as you scan your magic band, the system thinks you are on that attraction. If that was your third fast pass or your rolling fourth for the day, you can immediately log on to My Disney Experience and adjust your other fast pass pluses to earlier times or add another one to the system. So that is incredibly helpful. So as soon as you scan your band, immediately open the app and see if you can make any tweaks or changes to push things forward. And that gives you the opportunity to take advantage of more and more fast pass pluses throughout the day. That is great. That make- That's great advice. Okay. Absolutely makes sense. And the the hack with your kid and your husband getting that many fast passes is a it's spectacular. I'm impressed. Uh, yeah. It only works until they're three. Sure. And then, and then it's over. But we're going to do it while we can. Yeah, that's a great, or great hack. You can definitely do that if you're in a group with a, with a youngster that doesn't really like thrill rides maybe. Sure. And maybe the attractions that she likes has lower weights where you don't need a Fast Pass Plus. You can make Fast Pass Pluses on her band and you can easily switch bands in the park. I know that, uh, that's probably frowned upon, but it's not illegal. <laughs> um, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> you can switch, you can switch bands with your child that has maybe a tower of terror and a, um, I don't know, another Star Tours if they get queasy. And then you go use those two fast pass pluses while she experiences Beauty and the Beast live on stage or something like that. Gotcha. Um, and that's a good way to sort of you utilize the system uh, to the best of your ability um, by switching bands around. That's that's wonderful. I would never have thought of that. Oh, another uh, tip that I have is second tier attraction, first and second tier attractions. So say you are making your Fast Pass Plus reservations for um, Epcot. And you look online and you see that all the first tier attractions have late in the day fast pass pluses and um, all the all the second tier ones have early in the day. So Frozen Ever After, Test Track, Soren, uh, they all have like uh, 7 or 8 p.m. times, return times. And then the second tier ones are like 9, 10, 11 a.m. You do not have to select a first tier attraction. That's not in the rules okay. <laughs> you don't even have to select three if you don't want to what you can do is just select three uh second tier attractions if you're interested early in the day and then once you've used your third you can immediately start checking for the first tier attractions in the my disney experience app because oftentimes people cancel change and move things in the parks while they're there. So those might become available earlier in the day if you're not wanting to basically waste your rolling fourth. 
because you kind of, the later in the day, your third fast pass pluses, the less of an opportunity you get to have a rolling fourth. Same with nighttime attractions in that Disneyland has it to where they are disconnected from the system at Walt Disney World. Those, those do count as a fast pass plus. When you get one for Illuminations or Rivers of Light or Fantasmic, those mean basically you can't ever get a rolling fourth Fast Pass Plus if you were to uh, reserve those. Interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And it's definitely different than Disneyland. It's something uh, I would have to keep in mind for sure. It's frustrating. Uh, they, I guess they, they get around it by saying, you know, you get preferred seating by doing it this way. You're guaranteed to, to see the show in the place you want to see it. Sure. But I still don't want to waste my Fast Pass Plus on that. I want to. I agree. To me, it's a show, and I don't know. It should be different. Rides and food. Rides and food. <laughs> I'm talking. I'm sticker. <laughs> so, what ideas do you have for improvement? We've kind of talked about a few of them. I don't know. Um, I really can't think of any. I, I gave it some thought <clears throat> earlier today, and um, I can't really think of any improvements. You know, as far as Disneyland is concerned, uh, maybe it's just because I'm so used to how it works and haven't given much thought to, I don't know, how can this be better? Um, I, I, I do think having it on my phone would make it better in Disneyland. I think being able to see... Uh, you know, and you can with the Disneyland app, right? You can see wait times. You can see fast pass availability. But I think... I think the next step is going the Disney World route where I can register fast pass fast passes just from my phone from anywhere in the park um, without having to worry about going across the park from Tomorrowland to Adventureland to get an Indiana Jones ticket or from Adventureland all the way to Toontown if I want to get a Roger Rabbit ticket it'd be great just to you know if I'm in Adventureland and I'm waiting in line for Indy and I've got a fast pass time available boom go to my phone plug it in say yep i want to do space mountain or i want to do you know roger rabbit and it's done and it, it would make life i think a little bit easier in disneyland doing that i agree and instead of selecting three in advance it sounds like you're saying basically do the same rolling one <laughs> like you like you would with paper fast passes except instead of visiting a kiosk you do it on your phone i mean it's really exactly the same except for uh, the location to where you actually register a fast pass yeah Is that yeah what you're saying? that's exactly what i'm saying and i think that would be the first step um you know obviously being able to hold being able to hold multiple fast passes like you can at disney world uh for given time periods would be awesome um i'm not sure if that would work in disneyland it it may now that they've sort of expanded it between Disneyland and California Adventure because now there is a larger pool of rides and larger physical locations to be in. Um, but at the very least, yeah, I could definitely go for uh, just at least being able to register for Fast Passes without having to actually be at the attraction. And you technically can hold a couple of Fast Passes at the same time if the windows overlap Sure. at Disneyland. Uh, that's, that doesn't always happen, but sometimes it does. And at Disney World, that never happens with your advanced fast passes, which is kind of bothersome. They have to be in one-hour increments, and they don't allow that to overlap. So that would be one of the things I, I wish they would improve upon, but I doubt that they will because that means that they're not distributing the crowds the way they want. Gotcha. But I wish the windows overlapped, especially <laughs> like in areas 
that are in close proximity, say I have a fast pass plus for seven dwarfs mine train, and then it's from nine to 10 AM. And then my next fast pass plus is at Peter Pan and it's from 1030 to 1130. I have this gap of time and why can't I just bump it up? You know, yeah. <laughs> I just, I wish it was, you know, I get off of seven dwarfs mine train at nine 15 and I'd rather just go ahead and use my Peter Pan one after that, but it won't let me because um, I made it that far in advance. And by then they're all gone because all the uh, resort guests have already snagged those early morning ones. So that's a little bit frustrating. Whereas at Disneyland, you use a fast pass, you get off the attraction, you can immediately go and grab another one. Yep. And I really like that that part of having uh, fast pass paper fast passes. Yeah, it's it's nice. You know, speaking of paper fast passes and electronic fast passes, uh, you know, we, we sort of alluded to this thing called Max Pass that has been talked about with Disneyland, and um, that was announced by Disney not too long ago. Um, it's not in place yet, but this Max Pass service is essentially uh, what they say is a an electronic way to do fast passes and photo pass images directly in the Disneyland app at an initial starting price of $10 per day. Now, is that per person per day? Per person per day, yes. Okay. So, you know, family of four, such as myself, I'm looking at $40 a day. And what does that give me? Uh, it gives me the ability to uh, digitally have a fast pass, right? <laughs> That's basically what it is. Okay. Uh, they provide, you know, it, well, the other part of it is they provide unlimited downloads of high-resolution photo pass images directly from the Disneyland app, which is great. You know, as opposed to having photo the photo pass separately, um, this sort of plugs you directly into that, and it allows you to uh, to have digital fast pass as opposed to a paper one. Um, my understanding as well is that you would have to be on park premises to actually register a fast pass time so you can't do it from your hotel room you can't do it from home or the airplane or wherever you have to be in the park to do it big brothers watching exactly and you know the wording that gets me is the initial price of ten dollars per day which means it's it, they're almost guaranteed to have this as a tiered offering uh with higher prices and you know hopefully better uh offerings maybe you go to thirty dollars a day and you get you know three passes you know at any given time like fast pass plus at disney world um my guess is they're probably going to experiment with this quite a bit and do a lot of a b testing and figure out what works best at what price point but they're definitely bringing digital uh fast passes to disneyland it looks like what I'm curious of is if they will ever implement anything similar to the Universal Express Pass system. And I don't think they will, but that is really handy. Have you experienced that at all? I have not. Can you uh, give a sort of a quick summary of what it is? So it's basically a it's basically a lanyard <laughs> with a ticket on it. It's like VIP pass. Okay. It, the, it looks like, uh, you know, in Wayne's World. That's exactly what I was thinking up their backstage yep. passes. Are you aware? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad. It's like, like, we've got backstage passes. That's exactly what it looks like. You you walk up to an attraction, you hold up your lanyard with your express pass on it, and they let you to the front of the line. And that's really all it is. And it's, um, you pay for it. When you stay at one of their premier resorts, it's included in the stay, or you can purchase one for the day or for the, the duration of your trip, but there is a limited amount so that it doesn't uh, defeat the purpose of it. It does not apply to any of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter attractions, but it does apply to 
every other headliner and uh, even the second tier attractions. So if it's really awesome if you're staying at one of their premier resorts and that's included because you really don't have to wait in line the whole time you're there. And that's uh, one of the big ways they get people to stay on their property. And it's a big moneymaker for them. So you would think Disney might be interested in something like that because it's it would be a big moneymaker. But I do like the fact that the way the both FastPass Plus and the FastPass systems are set up, it almost makes it classless, you know, <laughs> the way that Walt wanted it <laughs> back in the day. He wanted everyone to enjoy sure. the parks that you had the ticket books, but it, admission was free. <laughs> Um, but I don't know. I don't know if that'll ever happen. Yeah, I mean, I think those times are gone. There's just too many people, and too many. It's a business now, you know. They got shareholders to keep happy, and uh, yeah, I mean, that, it, money talks. <laughs> and there's people. There's, I know. That's why there's people willing to pay, and if there's people willing to pay, the business isn't going to say no. I know. I feel like there are plenty of people who would be willing to pay for some sort of express pass. And I think they have sort of gotten around that with the VIP experiences, the the plaids, as you would call them, sure. <laughs> walking around the parks where you would basically hire a concierge who would uh, allow you front of the line access at Walt Disney World and Disneyland. I guess that's who you see the celebrities with most of the time. Um, and like you said, money talks. So people find a way around it regardless. Yep. Always. <laughs> So anyway, it'll be interesting to see what they do with this MaxPass stuff um, and how they bring digital fast passes and digital, you know, reservations. Even no matter what it is, you know, uh, digital passes, you know, wristbands, whatnot. How they bring this into Disneyland? Because I think at the end of the day, now that they have it running in Disney World, they've had it running successfully for for a few years now. I, I got to assume it's got to be working well. The data that they're getting is 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 hugely valuable. Um, to their analytics team and how they run the business. And so I can only imagine they're going to add this to the rest of their parks. I think it's quite telling that they decided not to go the My Disney Experience route at the Shanghai Park. The fact that they just said, nah, we'll pass. It is interesting. <laughs> Maybe that's not such a big thing over there culturally. Um, I'm not sure. Well, I think that... Um they, uh, I imagine it's there. They don't see a return on investment with that sure, there. Sure. But maybe I'm wrong. I think that the amount of money they have invested in the whole My Disney Experience slash Next Gen project is astronomical. And who knows if and when they're going to see a return on that uh, investment as far as the Magic Bands go, the touch points, all the RFID sensors, the active and passive ones. It's incredibly cool, though, I must say. When you pull up your app and you see that you never scanned your band anywhere, but it knew you were on the attraction. And there's a video of you on that attraction. <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. This is straight up magic. It's crazy. It's, it's magic yeah. and scary and cool at the same time. <laughs> All of the things. Well, this was a fun episode. I think fast passes and digitalization in general of, of park experiences is is uh, is definitely interesting, fun uh, breaks you know breaks away from nostalgia, and I think uh, it's been it's been fun talking to you about it. 
Thanks for listening. If, uh, if you could, we'd appreciate it if you went to iTunes, uh, where most likely you downloaded this, and left us a review. Um, please contact us on Twitter. Talk to us. Let us know what we're doing right. Let us know what we're doing wrong. Um, we basically just want to hear feedback. Um, you know, we're having a lot of fun doing this, and we want to know what you think. Yes, and please let us know if there are any topics that you're interested in. Um, you probably, maybe this is the first time you've heard of either of us, so maybe you don't even know what you want to hear from us. But if there are any interesting topics, games, any ideas that you have for us, please send them our way. Talk to us. We need some sort of connection with the outside world because we're both just sitting in our nerd cave. Yeah, yeah we're, we are locked up here and we can't get out. <laughs> nerd cave, that's <All> right. great. <laughs> <laughs>Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just love it. I just love how how chill and laid back it is and how you can be a gay desk. Oh, my gosh. Did I say gay desk? Oh, that, yes, that's I did. one of the bloopers. <laughs> <laughs> you can be... <laughs>